0: Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Justin Peters. I hope that you and your family are doing well today today. I want to thank you for joining me for this podcast. So the last 15 years or so, uh, heavenly tourism has been a big business. I believe it was Phil Johnson that first coined the term heaven tourism to denote all of these people who claim to go to heaven. And they write books about their trip to heaven. They make movies off of their trip to heaven. They sell you their books. They sell you their DVDs. sell you the movie tickets. And they make... Um, What's the slang word? They make coin. Is that right? Uh, I don't know. I'm not very hip. So let's just say they make big bucks off of their trips to heaven. And uh, I put together a little collage here, a picture collage of sorts, to show you just a few of the more popular heavenly tourists. There at the top left, that is Rick Joyner. He's been to heaven and he's seen some very unusual miracles uh, like the never-ending casserole. Don't get me started. Uh, he's friends with todd bentley as well so rick joiner has been to heaven he says he went swimming with jesus one day i mean who hasn't been swimming with jesus right so rick joiner uh, next to him that is anna werner anna says that she went to heaven multiple times and uh, one of these excurs- heavenly excursions jesus taught her how to do the warriors dance whatever that is then uh, to her left our right That is Colton Burpo, author of the book Heaven is for Real, undoubtedly the most popular of the heavenly tourists down below him. Paula White, down below her, that is Don Piper, a Baptist who says that he went to heaven uh, right immediately upon a car crash that he had in southeast Texas on a bridge. Jesse Duplantis, bottom center there, that... uh, Wow. I mean, what can we say about Jesse Duplantis? Jesse Duplantis is one of the most arrogant and blasphemous false teachers around, he says that he went to heaven on a cable car, no less. Now bottom left, that is Bill Weiss. Bill Weiss did not go to heaven, but Bill Weese says he went to hell. Now I've talked to people who know Bill Weiss and they, they say he comes across as very sincere, but I'm constrained by scripture. He says that Jesus took him to hell, and he spent 23 minutes in hell. Why in the world would Jesus take someone to the very place from which he died to save them? That makes absolutely no sense. Uh, Above him, that's Kevin Zadai. And uh, Kevin Zadai has been to heaven multiple, multiple times. I'm we'll talk about him in a future video. And then the the lady in the middle there, that's uh, Mary Baxter. Mary Baxter has been to both places. She's been to heaven and to hell. She said she spent 30 days in hell, 10 days in heaven. So she kind of got the shorter end of that stick. But um, this is just a, a, a small representation of people who claim to have been to heaven. Now, all of that leading to Sid Roth. Sid Roth, if you've ever watched his program, you know that he has the looniest of the loony um just crazy crazy guests who make outlandish claims but uh probably probably three quarters or so of the guests that he has on his program claim that they've been to heaven all of them claim they get dreams and visions and talk to jesus and jesus talks back to them and all this kind of stuff Uh, but uh the vast majority of them claim they go they go to heaven and I'm going to show you this clip. This is a, a guest that he had on a couple of years ago, by the name of Laurie Ditto. Uh, don't know a lot about Laurie Ditto, other than she is just yet another word faith wacko, uh, false prophet. And uh, but she she claims that of course she's been to heaven. Now watch this short clip. And I'm showing you this not necessarily because of what Laurie Ditto says, but. Because of Sid Roth's response to her, it's very interesting, and it ought to be very telling to Sid Roth. But apparently it's not. So watch this, and then we'll discuss. But not only did you speak in tongues, you got something more. Yes, what yes. Happened when else? I came back to the prayer room just in a few hours, because I'd left and came back, um, I, I wanted to ask God for something else. You know, I had a list of three things I was going to ask him for. I wanted um, a, lag, a log cabin on Lake Superior. I wanted a four-wheel drive truck, and I wanted a world peace. Okay, i got to interrupt here. So she's in this conversation with God, and she's apparently been given three wishes, which immediately makes you think of a genie in a bottle, right? And that's honestly, that's really how the vast majority of word-faith people view God. He is their celestial genie. You rub God's lamp with your faith and God pops out and he gives you whatever you wish. He is your cosmic bellhop. And so she has three wishes, apparently a log cabin on Lake Superior, a four wheel drive truck and world peace. (laughs) So, you know, nothing about holiness, nothing about Lord, let me know you better by knowing your word better. Nothing about growing in sanctification. Nothing about being faithful to the obedience of God's word for the glory of Christ. Nothing about faithfulness in times of temptation or suffering or persecution. Uh, nothing, nothing like that. No, I want a log cabin on Lake Superior in a four-wheel drive truck. Just unreal. And watch this. What Listen to what she says about her peace for a uh, wish for world peace. And I figured if I used up I use one of my wishes already, so I'd say. give up world peace because somebody else should ask for that. So for context, she had three wishes, but one of her wishes was to speak in tongues. So uh, she she kind of worried and she, and she apparently did. So she may have already used up that wish. So if you only had three and she wanted the log cabin on Lake Superior four-wheel-drive truck and world peace. So she had to give up one of those three because she already used one. Well, let's give up world peace because surely someone else will ask for world peace. So they'll have that covered, they're covered. I'm gonna stick with my four-wheel-drive truck and my log cabin on Lake Superior. So I'm gonna keep those and hopefully somebody else will ask for world peace. Just unreal, just unreal. So anyway, but after this, then she finds herself in heaven goes to heaven and she starts to talk about it watch sid roth's reaction <laughs> and in an instant sid in an instant jesus came and got me and took me to heaven and it was the best i, I protest i mean i here I, I i mean i've never been to heaven and all these guests go to heaven <laughs> i've never been to heaven and all my guests have been to heaven you know, I've heard Sid Roth make this comment on more than one occasion. He's, he's expressed it several times that he gets jealous of his guests because all of his guests go to heaven and he's never been to heaven. And yet, and yet, he will sell, gladly sell you their books and DVDs to tell you how you too can go to heaven and yet he's never been there. Hey, Sid, there's a reason you've never been to heaven because none of your guests have been to heaven either they are either lying to you or they are up to their eyeballs in demonic deception or could be a combination of the two because Paul says in 2 Timothy 3:13 that there will uh, people will grow grow from bad to worse deceiving and being deceived deceiving and being deceived both of those dynamics can be at work in the same person they can actively deceive you, and also, at some level, they are being deceived themselves. But, uh, dear friends, more to the point here of this, this whole genre of heavenly tourism. Sid, if you're watching this, and I really hope you are, or one of your staff members is, um, there are only three people in the New Testament who were uh, allowed a glimpse into heaven only three. Stephen in Acts chapter seven, this was at the end of his sermon there in Acts chapter seven. Stephen was a godly man and he gave this uh, rather long sermon. And towards the end of it, uh, he was, he was stoned. But right before he was stoned, it says that he looked intently, gazed upward, looked intently and saw the heavens opened and saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the father, not sitting, but standing. It's, uh, it's a very tender scene that Jesus was standing as though ready to receive Stephen, because right after that, they uh, they ran him out of the, the city and they stoned him to death. So a very tender scene. The other one is the apostle John, who wrote the book of Revelation. and Of course, that is by far the most detailed account we have in heaven. About heaven, rather. But John was writing inspired, authoritative scripture. So that's on a level all of its own. And then the only other person is the Apostle Paul. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Now I want us to look at this real quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 2 through 4. Paul writes, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body, I do not know, or out of the body, I do not know, God knows, such a man was caught up to the third heaven and i know how such a man whether in the body or apart from the body i do not know god knows was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words which a man is not permitted to speak dear friends think about that this is the apostle paul this is now paul is referring to himself some of you may be wondering why does he refer to himself in the third person why doesn't he use the first person like we would normally do. It'd be like me saying, you know, uh, Justin Peters went and did such and such. And Justin Peters went and got a a roast beef sandwich at Arby's and Justin Peters liked it. Paul is, Paul's referring to himself in the third person because that is how humbled he was by what he had experienced. Paul was so humbled by this experience. And we don't know uh, exactly what this was like. In fact, apparently Paul didn't even really know. He didn't know whether he was in the body or out of the body, but Paul was so humbled by what he had experienced. He would not even refer to himself in the first person. He used the third person and Paul did not even want to talk about this in the first place, but his apostolic authority was being questioned by some back in Corinth by false teachers or false apostles and those corinthians who went along with them uh, were deceived by them his apostolic authority was being questioned and you kind of get the sense that paul finally had just had enough and it was like he said you question whether or not i'm an apostle you question my authority you you question my love for you i know a man I know a man. He didn't want to talk about this in the first place. And even at that, God still gave him a thorn in the flesh, scallops in the in the Greek, which is really better rendered as a a stake, a stake in the flesh. Whatever this uh, thorn in the flesh, stake in the flesh was, it was not anything minor. And I personally don't believe that the thorn in the flesh in and of itself was a sickness. I don't think that's what it was. I think Paul's scallops in the in the flesh was. Uh, I think it was symbolic of those people in Corinth who were opposing him, false teachers, false apostles. But this, so this was major. This was major, and it vexed Paul. Uh, and you can see, you read through First and Second Corinthians, you can see how much it vexed him. But Paul would not even refer to himself in the third. In the first person, he used a third person. God still gave him a thorn in the flesh to humble him even further, to keep him from exalting himself. And two people, I mean, what do we know about what Paul saw and heard while he was in heaven? We have no idea. We have no idea what Paul saw. We have no idea what Paul heard. Why? Because he said he heard words that are inexpressible that man is not permitted to speak. Dear friends, this is the Apostle Paul. This is the man who wrote Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, pastoral epistle, epistles. This is Paul, and he was not allowed to tell us what he saw and heard in heaven. So if Paul was not allowed to tell us what he saw or what he heard in heaven, then do not believe it when someone else says, Oh, I've been to heaven. Let me tell you what I saw. Let me tell you what I heard. And all these people, all these heavenly tourists, they just can't wait to tell you about everything they saw, everything they heard while they were in heaven. And they make big bucks going to heaven. In fact, let me show you this. This is a picture of Jesse Duplantis's parsonage. That's his parsonage, 35,000 square foot parsonage. It's owned by his ministry. Jesse DuPontis doesn't even pay the pay the light bill. There's a lot of money to be made in going to heaven. And yet Paul didn't make any money. He didn't go on any speaking tours talking about his trip to heaven. He didn't want to talk about it in the first place contrast that level of humility with someone of someone who actually did go to heaven with all these other Yahoo's who claim they've been to heaven but they have not Sid there's a reason you haven't been to heaven because none of your guests have either no one else has either Sid you have the most outrageous charlatans on your program and you have spent years, years, decades giving these charlatans and wolves and deceivers and hirelings a platform and you have sold their bucketfuls of theological garbage to your followers and you will one day give an account Sid, if you're watching this, I do not hate you, but I do hate what you are doing, because you have, you have enabled wolves and hirelings to deceive millions of people, and you do not have even the most basic level of biblical discernment. There is, there is literally nothing that Sid Roth would not believe. I honestly believe that if Sid Roth didn't know who I was, and I know that he does, but if he didn't know who I was, I really believe, maybe this, this might be slightly hyperbolic, but not much. I really believe if Sid Roth did not know who I was, I could call him up and say, Sid, um, I was taken to heaven on a UFO. Bigfoot was flying the UFO. Elvis and Jimmy Hoffa were on there too. And they took me to heaven on a UFO. And they showed me my own personal mansion. I really believe if he didn't know who I was, he'd probably have me on his program the very next week. Maybe, maybe slightly hyperbolic, but not by much, if any. There's a reason, Sid, and unless, Sid, is you are biblically unqualified to be in the ministry. A minister, someone who is, has a public ministry, must be able to teach sound doctrine, teach sound doctrine, refute those who contradict. You can't refute those who contradict. You give a platform an open public platform to people who contradict biblical truth. You've been doing it for decades. And so I do pray that you would repent. And for all the others, uh, all of you, all of you who are watching right now who are not Sid Roth. Um, I hope that this will help I uh, give you some a little bit of biblical ammunition to refute these, these unbiblical claims. If Paul wasn't allowed to talk about his trip to heaven, then don't believe anybody else when they say that they can, or he says that he can, to be grammatically correct. Okay, dear ones, until our next time together, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of his Holy Spirit be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, if you interested in more teaching resources or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference, you may contact him at justinpeters.org.